1: We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for yeah. Greetings and welcome to We Say Things episode 150, live from the Stockholm Major. Cinderin is here at the end. Yo. We have Gork, hello, and Jerax, hello, as special (laughs) guests today and we have an amazing live audience as well i don't know if we can show them but (laughs) we also have esl representatives am i allowed to cuss on my own podcast today yes shane has given me an un he's giving me a thumbs up fuck this is great but So this is going to be an interesting episode. It's going to be kind of expedited. We've got like 40 minutes to work with. Uh, first half is just going to be us talking amongst each other. Cinder uh, will probably sit out of that because he doesn't like talking very much. And then the last half will be AMA from the audience. So it should be fun. So let, let's start it out. First and foremost, Gork. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very good. You can hold it. We can pass it around.
2: Okay, let's do that. Give it back. Well, I'm doing very well. Thank you. Okay, very good,
1: Jerex. <laughs> this is going to be a long ass episode. We're going to do. <laughs> All right, let, let's talk about. Uh, well, let's talk about J-Rex first. We get the you know, talk about the elephant in the room. E.g. Hold it yourself. <laughs> E.g. Didn't do too hot at the major. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know if you knew that. Uh, do you want to talk about the the team as a whole or like what happened and because like, obviously that's on most people's minds right now.
3: You can you can be brief. Uh, you can be brief. Brief. Yeah. Uh, we underperformed. Okay. Uh, let me think a little. Uh, there's a lot to say. Some things can't be said. Thinking, thinking. Anything uh, on our podcast? Anything? Yeah. Anything. Um, We're sorry. waiting, Jarax. Yeah. I, I know. I, I know. I'm, I'm just thinking. <laughs> uh i think what happened uh i mean we had a very long boot camp we did we had like up and downs uh i mean if people people probably look for comparisons like tsm versus us or quincy like uh, i feel like we were kind of like very close to where tsm was uh in terms of like how we prepared for this tournament and uh then like obviously the comparison is like well they're in the finals we are dropping first in the tournament what happened and uh, I think for us um, we kind of failed to prepare for this tournament we didn't really boot camp I feel like we dropped the ball in the very beginning and uh, the ball was missing like we never found it 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 was somewhere but uh I think we did not find the game we wanted to play and uh, it's very disappointing I think the result is not so disappointing rather than being in the dota game and you feel like you're lost so i think that's what happened basically
2: i have a question so that's fine yeah. i mean i'm personally wondering jerks I mean, you have a ton of experience right is there anything new you learned from this tournament experience compared to before um you guys can have the podcast by the
3: way it's right. i'll just go over no worries thank you i don't want it <laughs> uh anything new uh i think this team culture we have in EG is quite a bit different from where I come from the past and I I think I learned to appreciate looking forward that we had in the past. I, I don't think we had it so much in this team like this tournament and uh, that's definitely something if I were to go in the past and maybe change something then now that I'm maybe wiser uh, I would go on about like, trying to get the guys to look forward and, uh, like, try to just forget what happened maybe in the beginning of the tournament and, like, try to revisit on what we had in the boot camp and then... Uh, yeah.
1: Okay, that's the last sad thing we'll talk about, other than Cinderin's career as a whole, as a <laughs> player. Uh, Gork! Go ahead, ask me a question. <laughs> Bitch! <laughs> Do you like Gork? He's okay. Okay. Uh, Gork, <laughs> so you got here a couple days ago. Uh, you were streaming some of the the tournament as well. How's your experience been so far because I talked to you yesterday in the hall and I'm like, oh, are you gonna be on panel like I don't know and then ten minutes later you were on panel So how's that experience been for you so far?
2: I mean, it's been a bit of a surprise I kind of didn't expect much getting here. Uh, the panel thing was kind of also Improvised I would say they're like, you want to come on? I just ran down the makeup girls like panicking, you know, <laughs> and then they shut me out on stage
0: They had a lot of work to do
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did they did <laughs> and uh yeah no uh it was it's great streaming from home but this is a completely different experience i would say and i'm uh, a little bit overwhelmed by all of it because it's kind of new to me but i'm enjoying myself a lot here
1: okay is there any questions
0: yeah so for both of you i guess you can just take turns here uh we'll start with you what do you think like overall with the the progression of the tournament now we got your perspective just from your team in general like do you feel like there's some teams that really surprised you, maybe based on how your scrims went, that you played against, they're like, wow, they're so much better than we thought, or they, maybe we had them as favorites, they kind of bombed out, it didn't work so well. Um, and just like the atmosphere in general of being back on land since like, two and a half years ago? Maybe it's even longer for you, actually, I'm not sure.
3: Yeah, it's about two and a half years. Please hold the mic. Keep holding, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's over two and a half years, I believe uh i don't actually remember it's been so long <laughs> um yeah i mean tsm for sure i mean we have been very closely related i guess is the way to put it and uh uh yeah i mean i had my doubts about like how they play the game but it like they still do the same thing as they did in the na region uh they're doing very similar in the sense that maybe some hero changes were there but uh, other than that like i they play exactly the same and uh, it's very kind of beautiful to see that uh, uh they just believe in it and then they just do it and then they're willing to go home like that or they're willing to win like that so i, I think that's that's nice to see and uh any other team i mean gaming gladiators is uh i look forward to seeing more from them obviously they they didn't do so hot Uh, the last series they played, but uh, they had some good shit going and uh, I was happy to see them bring some good Dota, very active Dota, as I would put it,
1: yeah. You wanted Gork to answer that too? Yes. Well, first, before I hand you the mic, Gork, I'd like to say congratulations. You are the first person to be on the podcast twice. I've been on before.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I do not remember the question.
0: It wasn't very good, so... No, so, overall, with the tournament, watching it from the outside, like, the perspective, which teams do you think did better than you expected? What's your... How how long have you been here in the arena? You came in yesterday, I think? Yeah, yesterday. Yeah, what's your experience? So, this is the first time you've been at a land this big, I think, with a crowd and everything. Is it everything you hope for and more? Or is it, you know, like, how do you temper your expectations for that? And just the tournament in general with the teams and everything?
2: Well, I mean before i got here i had a completely different idea of who was going to win i have some bold claims on twitter you know i have a tier list but i was very surprised about a lot of the results because i think a lot of it comes with momentum and i feel like especially when you're here like the first thing i did i I guess i can say this i like uh, i got here and i went to the bathroom and the entire og team just came you know uh just to go to the bathroom (laughs) yeah (laughs) they ran there they're like oh my god Uh, That's how they win. (laughs) They're so well prepared. (laughs) That was right after their win, uh, actually. And uh, I saw them and they all looked so relaxed and they seemed to be having a good vibe. And that's the moment I knew, like, these guys are going to go far at this tournament. And when I sat at home, I didn't really know that. So stay around the bathrooms and you'll know more. That's what I'm trying (laughs) to say.
1: That's the conclusion on that? Okay. I mean, I have a lot of experience with that as well. Mm. Uh, Okay, so let's go down the line because as of this recording, if you're watching live, this does, doesn't really matter. But if you're watching on a recording or listening, we are about to have the grand finals between OG and TSM. So let's have predictions, starting with Mr. Cinderman.
0: Just the scoreline. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean,
1: you, could, you can go in depth if you want. I know you like to talk.
3: <laughs> okay, I'm going to so, say. Yeah, how about you? Yeah. <laughs> mm, uh, let's go with 3 uh, 1 TSM. 3 1. Uh, I think Sepp hasn't been feeding enough. He hasn't really been himself. I think it's going to happen this finals again, so... (laughs) And Johan is going to be very enthusiastic about the feeding, so he's going to keep doing it. And uh, I think it's going to result in some losses, but he's totally fine with it. He's used to it.
0: Okay, I'm going to say... I'm going to say 3-1 OG, actually. I think the momentum is really really powerful here. Um, And I think I've been... Every time I've doubted OG, they've won. So this time I'm either gonna give them another win by saying TSM, which they have enough of. So I'll just say OG, just so I can either be right or someone else can win for once. that would be great.
2: Yeah, I was gonna go the same route as syndrome, but I'm gonna say 3-0 OG even. I think. Oh. I think they have so much momentum right now, and there's some sort of intimidation factor with mainstay main stage OG. I feel like even in the group stages when you didn't see like No Tail jumping around, you know, on the other side, this and that. Like, when you see that, I think, as a competitor, it intimidates you a bit. And uh, TSM are fairly new. I, mean, I think Saberlight's a super clutch player. He might turn up and, like, carry the series. But if that doesn't happen, I think OG are going to take this easily.
1: Okay, and on to my opinion. Uh, I really want to say TSM, but I, I do agree. I think OG... I'm going to say five games, because so that's what I'm hoping for. I do agree with the momentum. Five Tia- games, what's the score, then? 3-2. Thank you, Shannon. That's, that's best good. of five. It's impressive. Uh, you got but, it right. I mean, I, I do watch basketball, so we, mm. we do talk about those numbers quite a bit. But let's not talk about basketball today. Uh, it's very depressing. Episode 151, we'll, we'll cry together. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think OG will take... I, I do like TSM Spirit, though, because they... It feels like they have, they've come back in, like, every game that they've been down, right? So I, I don't want to count them out. And obviously, Moon, what whatever the fuck they're drinking in their water... Uh, which apparently the water here is very safe to drink from the sink, but I still refuse to do it. I don't know if that's just the you American Drink from the in tap, a. not from the sink. That's generally, a, a,
0: maybe that's the problem.
1: It is technically the sink, so either way. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. It should be a good finals regardless, um, but I would really like to see. T- I mean, I think it would be good for the scene if NA finally <laughs> wins a major. This but it's also good for the memes if they don't, so. Yeah. They, they are located in NA Jerax, okay? That's the region they play in. You're NA now as well. Oh yeah, I was yeah, I was also there. <laughs> I don't feel NA at all. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, okay, uh I think we since we have so many people in here, maybe we switch to the AMA uh, with the audience if you Before guys want to do partake.
0: that. I don't know if we can show the audience uh how much is visible on camera right now if it's just us, but I would be curious about predictions from the audience. Okay. So yeah. Raise your hand if you think OG is going to win the finals.
1: Okay, I'm going to count a okay.
0: lot. Down. I have like a. I, I can. Yeah, that, that was 52 of you. Raise your hand if you think TSM are going to win. Okay. You thought both teams were going to win. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that looked like a probably 2 1 split for OG.
1: Favored? Yeah. That's pretty much the same as us, actually. Yeah, roughly. it's pretty accurate. 2 1 right, split. It's among weird that four people. the team coming from the lower bracket feels like the the one that is most advantageous, right? The one that's favored for the most part. But they also have the most fans here, which I think that should, shouldn't should be overlooked as well. Like, just hearing OG as a player, I mean, you've been on OG in the past. Like, how does that feel, just getting that kind of support from the crowd while you're in the tournament? Or while you're in a specific game, even?
3: Uh Oh, yeah. Uh, I haven't been to the stage, like, playing but uh uh i, I don't know what know. kind of yeah <laughs> did you watch my games <laughs> my perspective uh i don't know how it's like did they actually hear the do you have any idea if they hear the crowd or anything
1: i wasn't on the stage
0: either
3: yeah they, they can feel
1: i mean you you've been to many ti's yeah so just take that experience and tell us what that is like in general just here. well
3: usually you get a vibe on like the crowd like cheering and all that and that's really nice uh, uh i mean it's really nice <laughs> when you're winning the game <laughs> <laughs> you hope you're winning the game and uh, they're cheering for you hopefully for you and uh yeah it encourages you like you feel like you have done something and uh, people look at you and uh they take you you know yeah oh why do you want it? i um, have a question for you
0: does it uh, does it give you more confidence or does it like affect your play style on the game? Is it like, do you find yourself, if you think back, do you feel like maybe you played a little bit more aggressively or you took more risks or is, are you trying to like totally disconnect the crowd from everything and it's just cool that they are but I play the same I always do?
3: Uh, me personally, what happens if, if I take in too much then I get way too excited and yes, the optimism kind of kicks in. I feel like I, I'm very likely to take the risk crowd rather than playing safe and uh it's not necessarily what how you w- i don't think you necessarily want it to impact the game i think you'd rather have it as as like as stable as possible that seems to be the way for me and uh yeah i mean if you hear too much of the crowd it's very hard to like stay tuned to your own game and like actually perform so that's not a good thing i i hope it's never going that way but uh yeah uh there's a good balance it's re it's just generally nice that uh, there's people out there, it, it feels more meaningful. And I think I- if there's something, then that's affecting me, I, I feel like in a positive way.
2: I just wanted to say that uh, I, I actually talked to the members of OG, another bathroom insight here. Uh, <laughs> and I actually asked them directly, do you hear anything? Cause I didn't notice there was any glass booth. And they said that the helicopter earphones, they have pretty much block out everything. So it wasn't as bad as I thought. I'm guessing
0: the way it usually is with the soundproof proof booths is that you can you can hear the excitement of the crowd, but you can't hear any game sound. So you can just like it's kind of like you imagine you're at a concert and the only thing you hear is the bass. Like that's basically it. like it's like yeah, coming through the floor. And it's the same when you have those soundproof heads, headphones on. It's like there's noise, but it's it's kind of white white noise, right? right. So
1: okay, uh, can we do the AMA? Yeah.
0: If Find have a third mic. Just point me where, uh, to. Who
1: I'm you to can choose whoever raises their hand and is interested in asking a question.
0: Alright, so first you would cheer for both teams and now you want
3: to... <laughs> <laughs> um, hello, it's a big fan of the podcast. Thank you for uh, having us. Uh, quick question about the... I noticed that the player actually spent like about 10 minutes on stage before each game. Um, what do they actually do? Do you guys try to discuss something else to try to like relieve the pressure? Or you're still talking strategy? What you're gonna like draft? What you're gonna ban? Do you warm up uh, playing uh, against uh, like a one? Yeah, I know on? a lot about this one. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do, Sindri? We go to the bathroom to get the newest hot shit from Gorg. <laughs> uh, I think for me it's like easing the mood. You kind of wanna just make the place feel like a like at home. That's kind of one thing. So people do different things. You'll see Johan shout at his teammates and like be very cheerful very passionate about the game he wants to share it and he w- he wants to live on the energy you'll see me like being in the corner just being like outside like i don't want to be very much like affected by the outside so that that helps me like keep tuned. and then later on i'll be with the team so people do different things okay thank you for your question hello uh, this is specific for Sindarin. Apologies,
0: everyone oh, no. else. This can't be good. Did you find it difficult to transition from playing to sort of full-time pundit talent that sort of thing? Because I, I, I didn't know not have you a choice. Back <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's the answer. <laughs> uh, for me, it was kind of a gradual transition. To be honest, it wasn't like a day-to-day thing because while i was playing even back in i think i started my first casting in dota one actually if i'm not mistaken um i cast a little bit back then in some online tournaments i was like okay this could be fun let's see if i'll enjoy it Uh, i tried i started casting with mad mortigan i don't know if any of you guys remember him by name he was an american caster uh mainly cast mainly cast na games that weren't so high tier so maybe nobody remembers that's a shame he was a guy's a legend um so yeah he gave me a chance just like let's try it uh sounds fun Uh, And people really enjoyed it, because broadcasting back then was basically one play-by-play guy. And the play-by-play guy hadn't really played on a high level. So the perspective that I had being a pro player at the time was something people were like, okay, there's more depth to this. It's really interesting to hear. Um, And then I was obviously playing side-by-side. And I would, I think at TI2, when I got knocked out, I cast a couple games, for example. Um, And then after I stopped playing competitively in 2013 for the time being, then I started casting more. And then I came back and played again. And now it's been a long time since I played again, but... um, So yeah, it's kind of been on and off. Um, I think the most important thing, if you change it with anything, I think you'll see that with some of the pro players here now as well. Uh, Some people are clearly better at being in front of a camera and just, you know, being on. It's not for everybody. Uh, Some people might struggle a little bit with, you know, Expressing themselves the way they want or they're shy, you know, like whatever it is and that's completely fine It's not for everybody, Uh, but I enjoyed it always and I found it kind of natural. So uh, to me that was that was never an issue That that's what made the transition easy if you will Sorry for the long answer Shannon using all the time here. Haha now. I said something again
2: Hi sons can you please
0: comment on the food you've had in stockholm have you had any more enlightening experiences like the
1: reindeer steak <laughs> Ooh.
0: when he said sunset can you please i thought he was going to say belch as <laughs> the next one i'm like
1: here he comes I, i'm not able to belch on command uh yeah the actually the food at the hotel i have not been liking but anytime we've gone out to like nice restaurants i've <laughs> purposely looked for places that have reindeer okay. <laughs> just eating a shit ton of that we went to a really, what was it, it was reindeer elk and deer like yeah. super finely cut, like filet mignon style, it was really, really good um, and I actually had Swedish meatballs which <clears throat> were a bit risky because there was some cream in there and I'm semi-lactose intolerant actually not overrated because I've been hearing about Swedish meatballs forever and they were god tier it was extremely good Uh, But aside from that, a lot of it is just like hotel food, which, you know, has been kind of bland because they have to feed so many people, so I don't really attribute that to... We went
0: to a burger place nearby twice, and you also had sushi.
1: That's true. That's not Swedish, though.
0: Well, it was here. He asked Stockholm.
2: I just wanted to say one thing. While you're in Sweden, you gotta try the banana curry pizza, otherwise you haven't really been in Sweden.
1: (laughs) Let me ask you a question, Gore. <laughs> Why the fuck do you guys not cut your pizza? What in God's abomination is the reason? Because
0: then the banana spills
1: in between the cracks. <laughs> is there, okay, I'm genuinely curious. Do you... Is there a reason?
2: You're asking me like I'm making the pizzas here. <laughs> I don't know, honestly. I... I'm just offended every
1: time I'm given it. It's like they don't want me to eat it. It's just this round pizza, not cut. Like, what are you supposed to do with it?
0: Maybe some people fold it.
2: Yeah, fold it.
1: Okay, next question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll get you next. I can't wait to hear what your question is. <laughs> Cheering for both teams. Raising your hand immediately.
2: Um, I have a question for Jerax. Um, so I've seen some of the EG games during the group stages, and um, some of the games you were laning uh, with Nightfall, some of the games you were laning with RTC. So do you think that you know, laning with different players has impacted your gameplay, or do you think that you enjoy it really much and you want to continue doing it um, in the next competitions?
3: Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> that's a bad answer. Uh, <laughs> <Good>. next question. <laughs> prof- professional player here, yeah. Uh, thinking, uh, I mean, generally, the meta right now seems to be towards the direction that laning, being able to lane on both line, uh, both side lanes is very important for the support, doesn't matter which support and uh, it's kind of strategic uh, advantage if you can do that. You also pick some heroes just to do that. It it certainly gives you flexibility uh, with the way you draft as team and to play. Uh, Laning with Igor or laning with Artur, it's very different. Uh, I would say I learned in this team to lane with Artur, and then, I mean, that obviously shows with me laning with Igor it's somewhat of a different story, but uh, not to a a huge extent, like Igor is also very vocal, so he helps a lot. But uh, I would say it gives you perspective. People look at the lane very differently. And uh, I think this team actually was the most laning heavy, heavy team for me so far. And I feel like uh, that's been like very impactful for how I look at the game. Like the importance of our zero to 15 minutes is uh, way more than uh, in the past, like me playing in OG. And I feel like uh, that taught me a lot. Did I answer the question? Yeah, okay.
0: No, please try again. <laughs> All right, I think we have one up here. That's my next pick.
1: That's
3: fine. fine. Now I'm good.
0: <laughs> now you have to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to when you want to hear it. It's not fun anymore.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, so, what changes would you like to see to the DPC format for the next season,
3: as a player? Jeremy's Are you Iranian by any
0: chance? Yes.
1: Farsi, Miduni Farsi Welcome. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. I,
0: I was. I mean, this is our podcast. Ana <laughs> That
1: means eat shit in Farsi. It's the one thing he taught me. Something you so. need to know as <laughs> Persian, right? <laughs>
0: How good was it? Huh? I mean, the pronunciation of shit. <laughs>
1: Uh, it's close enough. Yeah, oh, you, you struggle with the huh, oh, but it's okay. Yeah. That's not really. Uh, we'll start on this side and we'll go forward. Okay, so, so I DP- go first. No, uh, oh, that's oh that's. So up. changes to the DPC. It just needs to be shorter. I think everybody other than Val <laughs> will agree with that. Um, it's just more condensed. Uh, I think players, obviously, playing one game a week. I mean, I can see some advantage because you have a lot of time to prepare, but. It, I think it's pretty feels bad for the fans overall. I think the idea of having like 24 hour Dota at all times is not that realistic and it just takes away from potential third party tournaments that, like we used to run captain's draft that, you know, literally can't do anymore. Not because Dota isn't great for sponsorships, which is true, but because there's literally no space in the schedule anymore for stuff like that.
2: All right, all right it's my turn. Uh, no, I fully agree with what Sonsfan said. I think the idea was interesting at the start because uh, having talked to people, there was some idea that longer format would be mean more stability for the players But it seems like this stability is not worth it compared to having a lot of different tournaments And it's not as good for the fans as it, I think Valve hoped uh,
3: I mean, I have a lot of first-hand experience uh, being in uh, this international team E.G. not NA team, but international, sorry guys uh, uh, I mean, I can just say an example how 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 the DPC looks from the team's perspective, for example, Abed uh, in our team, he's come he comes from Philippines, and uh, how the DPC forces him to travel is not necessarily nice. Like he can't be any he can't play from home. It's basically impossible. So he's expected to boot camp for six to seven weeks each time the league is on, and uh, he's also not able to like travel home in between the breaks. So it's kind of, it's kind of <laughs> kinda screwed over. Uh, it's not very easy. Uh, it doesn't, it definitely doesn't leave any option really to than to boot camp like the actual six to seven weeks together, because obviously we want to be there when he's there, because the team wants to be together, and uh, and uh, I feel like that limits us. For example, like we come to this tournament and we, and we don't boot camp because we don't really, we can't really like it's just exhausting and like people are close to being burned out so you have to give them time and uh i feel like it's very impactful especially long term because then like it's it's not just the first or second season but then we are looking at ti and everybody has their minds there and uh, you're supposed to be like really doing your best here but you know you know that it's not realistically like you're gonna give it your all but you know you could do better with a better better schedule for yourself like you you, you know for yourself that uh, it's not optimal so I, I think teams very very much struggle in these times and uh I haven't really heard anybody figuring it out this season like I've, I've been talking to teams uh everybody says uh, like a lot of teams have this like six week boot camp which is just nuts if you think about it everybody's being in the same house you're basically living in your office and uh that's one and a half months uh you see the same faces eat the same food together, you know, <laughs> it's not healthy. And uh, I wish there was more balance.
0: Yeah, I have the experience being in the same uh, building as Shannon for two weeks, and that's more than enough. So six weeks would be...
1: Admit I'm rubbing uh-huh. off on you a bit.
0: In a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah, so I think right
0: now the format has the, the leagues be, correct if I'm wrong, six weeks plus tiebreakers, is that how it is? So six and a half, let's say. I think it would be nice to condense it down to, like, maybe four weeks. The problem is with the format right now, aside from it obviously being stretched out so you can't have second-party tournaments, is also that, Oh well, that's not a problem, but I think the reason it's done this way is in order to give every game or every team exposure for all the matches. Like, they don't want to have overlap. I think for the most part, fans will follow one or two teams that they're really a fan of and try to catch all their games. So if they're in a more condensed time span, I still think they're going to catch those games. And then there's like a small minority of people that wants to watch literally everything. And that's just not going to be possible no matter what. Because unless you live on like four different time schedules all the time, you're not going to catch China, SEA, Europe and NA, right. So you kind of have that limitation anyway. So if you cut it down to like about half the duration, we're going to get those second part of tournaments back, I think the outcome of the league will be different. Like you look at this, for example, BetBoom qualified through a very short qualifier. Maybe if that was a league format, it would have been better, maybe it would have been worse for them. Hard to say, but it's totally different. They qualified through, I think, three days of play. Uh, they were still good on stage and in the tournament in general, so it didn't feel like a fluke whatsoever, right? But the format of it maybe didn't work in certain teams' favor, um, which can be both a good and a bad thing. So maybe a healthy medium, instead of having like a three-day qualifier, is having the game spreadsheet so play like maybe two games a week, two and a half, instead of one. I think the players also appreciate that, because then the, the prep they put into the patch and what's going on now, it feels like, okay, you can reap more rewards, instead of, oh, we played one game, now everybody can study us in depth for like a whole week and just destroy everything we run, right? This tournament, for example, is so much momentum, like, certain strategies have worked for days, right? Before they finally get countered, like gaming gladiators on main stage, so. Shorter, please. Uh,
1: do we know how much time we have left? Uh, about 30 minutes. 30 minutes left? Oh, okay. That's not what I was told originally, but okay, next question.
3: Okay, uh, great uh, casting. I'm just wondering, uh, I've noticed you've done a lot uh, less of the trivia time. <laughs> uh, how much do you, ca- can you just be yourself when you're casting? Or are the organizers telling you to
2: do specific things or less of specific things?
1: Not to pull a... What can I say here? Oh, be careful. Um, <laughs> not to pull a James Harding, but I have never been told not to be myself. Obviously, Cinderin's able to work off of me quite well. Although the trivia is technically him, and he was really annoying during TI with those trivia questions, but you uh, loved it. I did love it at the same time. <laughs> Masochistic nature of myself, but no, they typically they don't. I, at TI, maybe they told me to hold back on a couple of things after it happened. Um, but generally, I would say they let us run free and hope that we don't go over the line, which generally I haven't yet. No. I think. <laughs> Not my line, at least. Well, that doesn't mean anything, but I yeah. Guess. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. So I think, generally speaking, when it comes to casting, one of the things that is important is that you're in the moment, right? So if it is an emotional moment, you're not scared of, like, making it an emotional moment, and that also includes cussing. So, very iconic moments like "ding, ding, ding, motherfucker" from LD, right? Which happened. I think was that in a major, or was it TI? I think it was TI. It was at TI, right? Yeah. Um, which. You know, that's like the biggest tournament of the year. And we still, I think that's important that you get to do that. Also like knowing your audience, right? Like we don't want, at least I, sp- I, think I speak for most people with this. We don't want this to be super PC all the time. Like, uh, we actually, I think we had a TI where that was kind of the case on panel. I think it was TI five had a very like ESPN, like stiff panel. And it was, I think it was one of the least enjoyable panels for the participants on the panel and for the audience in general. Cause it was like, this is a video game. We want to have fun and we don't want to have like the same restrictions on having to abide to like a really strict guideline for language and stuff like that. Right. So, um, so yeah, if something is, is funny, we'll call it fucking funny. If it is, um, if something is crazy, you know, we're, we're free to go. Yeah. You can probably imagine what you don't say under any circumstances on broadcast. I don't think I need to spell that out. Um, but as far as like general cussing goes and just being ourselves, we genuinely are just having fun. If something funny is happening in the game, we'll crack a joke. We'll talk about something that's not game-related, which some people don't like some of
1: the time. And then uh, there, there's the clothing, right? They, they say mm. business casual, which doesn't really mean anything. I should show up in a T-shirt because <laughs> that's what I work in every day. Um, but then you feel peer pressure by people like fucking purge who wears a suit constantly and you just look like a goddamn bum next to him so but but i guess then, that works for my persona maybe
0: then we got some pro players on the panel and you looked that's so right slain, quinn so.
1: showed up with a t-shirt that looked like he hadn't washed it in weeks <laughs> and i felt good about myself but like th- even this like i'm drenched in sweat right now i i can't handle this long sleeve shirts here are you nervous next question okay Hi, yeah, this one is for Jarax. I was curious about which hobbies did you pick up during your break after OG? Uh,
3: what? You, can can uh, you please? Sorry, me? about uh, which hobbies did you pick up after your, during your break from Dota? Uh, I play paddle. <laughs> the Swedish people know paddle, yeah. That's pretty nice. Uh, reading books. Uh, I started doing that quite a bit. I mean, two years, it's like, when <laughs> you have nothing to do,
1: you're going to come up with all this. Talk stupid. to them about your, uh, you know, the writing thing, the pen, playing Counter-Strike with that. Oh,
3: yeah, that was a hobby. So, basically, I played Valorant. It's an FPS game. I played that on a, it's like a tablet, and you have a pen. I was doing that for way too long. It's probably, <laughs> probably two to three months. Uh, I did that very serious, by the way. I, I, I committed, like, six hours a day to that. It's <laughs> quite degenerate,
1: but I think you fit perfectly on this panel now.
3: Uh, <laughs> uh, I can g- I can tell you why. I mean, I got the question. Uh, I'm very curious if, like, we're stuck to this, like, mouse and keyboard, and I'm the kind of guy that's just like, what if it's something else you know what if you're just like born like this and somebody just put a mouse in our hand but like what if you actually think about it and then what's the most accurate way to like aim in a game or whatever then it's like it's like a challenge you know have you tried
2: the pen and Dota
3: yeah I have uh, uh, you don't have to be accurate in the Dota. Dota is just like you do nothing compared to FPS games sorry uh uh, the problem with that was in the end of the day, I, I quit that hobby very, very quickly when I realized that uh, I need to all kind of hotkeys on the keyboard to, like, when you press fire, you can't use it on the pen. It uh, it kind of distracts you from using the pen as accurately. So you have to all kinds of these weird hotkeys coming from your keyboard that you have to play at the same time. And you, you, you like when you play 15, 20 years on PC, like, using the same hotkeys, like, you don't just change it, like. You, it takes a lot of time to, a lot of time to adapt. So actually, the most, the easiest way for me was to adapt to depend compared to the mouse, versus the keyboard. Hotkeys just like screwed me over, and uh, I, I feel like that. Uh, when I realized that, then it became very difficult because then I just like gave up. Uh, aside, aside from that, like, sort just I mean I, I guess you can call it a hobby. Just going through podcasts, listening to people uh hours yeah of course uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> One, once a year yeah. You to sing the jingle to it. yeah sing the jingle bro i, I can't all right oh, what is that
1: don't <laughs> worry about it you can you can watch it post-edit here
3: yeah and uh just uh i, I started meditating and uh, i mean it's not really a hobby just healthy stuff I, I, i'm not gonna bore you with that but yeah all, all kinds of things yeah Next, uh, so this is a question mostly for Jerex, I guess, who's active. Lucky uh, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um How do you feel about the stability performance on all the teams, comparing to like when you were active in TI8? Like, feel do you feel like every team is better now? Like, there aren't that team in the major that's exceptionally more worse than the others. And also, Gork, how do you feel about your TI11 chances? <laughs> My chances, yeah. Uh, let's look, look at that a little later. Uh, stability. Um, teams have, uh, like, the. I feel like the Tier 1 teams seem to be on a narrow, narrower scale, I, I guess is the way to put it. So I feel like there's not a lot of distance from the, uh, the biggest, like, the hottest t- T1 teams uh, versus the, like... A tier one team sorry uh compared to the lowest i, I guess and I, I feel like it's uh kind of the development of the game over years people kind of agree on stuff that's supposed to happen in the games like teams are agreeing like there's not so much anymore that yeah we play this play play style we think this is correct and then the other guys are like no that's stupid we're gonna do it this way like there's not so much this anymore nowadays like if you if player pro player from tier 1 team talks to another pro player in another team like they actually see the game very similar and it might be related to the patch a little bit as well like uh, a lot of the like the meta picks seem to be very everybody seems to be capable of playing them almost and then uh, i feel like there's just a lot of agreement how to approach the game and that usually like tightens the gap of like between the teams, that's my understanding of it, and overall, I think people got very much better at the game. Like, I'm behind for sure. <laughs> like, coming from like uh, TI eight, I I felt like I was terrible. TI TI uh, sorry, uh, TI nine was a, I was a lot better, and uh, now two years passed, and I, I think uh, I would back then. I don't, back then Jerks doesn't do very hot these days. I think, and uh, I had a lot of catching up to do, I still have, and, uh, yeah, I don't know about the chances in TI-11, I, that's a I little... Was
2: and that was for me, yeah.
3: Oh, was it? Okay, yeah. Thank God, thank God, not me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mean, our team, we're in Division 2, um, we have kind of have a motto to never practice, never scrim. Uh, and, you know... It I, I see that as a benefit in a way because people underestimate us. I mean, last season we had alliance on the ropes and that felt really good for a while until we've lost all of the rest of our games. Uh, <laughs> but I, w- I would say if we make it close, I think you know if we make it to TI, imagine how scary it is. Wow, they don't even practice and like <laughs> they'll be so scared. We'll make it all the way, I'm sure.
0: Is there any threshold yeah. that you would cross where you would be like, okay, now we're actually going to try to take it seriously, like? Have you ever talked about that? Like, what, if you made the major, would you still not have practiced at all, or...?
2: Maybe if I get banned on Twitch, uh,
0: talk. (laughs) I'll make it happen. Okay. You have a chance right now, just say the wrong thing.
1: (laughs) I think he would get me banned, actually. (laughs) Um, so I have a question for Gork. So now you've been on the the panel and you've done some casting on your
0: own
2: broadcast um Is this something you'd like to uh, pursue in the future, or are you just continue with the with the the playing? Well, I mean, I think streaming is kind of my thing. I noticed that I mean the people that are working these events, like Sounds Fun and Syndrome, they're actually super talented, and I feel like I'm totally out of place, but I think it's fun and uh, as a hobby, I would definitely want to do it more, whatever opportunity comes, but yeah, I'm basically like a little mascot up there, I feel like really. <laughs>
0: We will do about 10 more minutes by the way okay you still got your question ready for me don't you you're just waiting Ah, oh, he's holding it Alright, it's gonna be the last question um so
3: <laughs> this tournament I, s- I feel especially you can see that there has been sort of a generational change in players a lot of older players are coaches now and a lot of people like secret aren't here and league galaxy are not here um like from your perspective how do you see it is this just a natural development is it um did you expect this did you think um, it's very different from before
2: uh
3: what is your opinion
2: on this
1: that's a good question I does anybody think that Seb is going to stay retired first I want to ask all of you that that was not the question
2: well I'm answering I don't think so I'm actually curious to what's going to happen now is he is he able to join a different team or what's going to happen to Misha we'll see I
1: I think it would be bad press if they get rid of Misha at this point. (laughs) I I would expect. I thought they were just going to do a second OG, but post TI, because Thompson said he was going to come back, right? But yeah, that's a good question because I I can't remember. Yeah, that's true. Jerax is uh, available maybe after TI. We'll see. (laughs) No, but uh, the generational gap. I I feel like this is almost there was like the Sumail era with a bunch of people trying to get like these youngsters in the mid lane. Now. After Spirit, I think it's like everything's just hardcore. Like all the old guys are, I don't know if they're struggling, but they're, there's more opportunities maybe for these newer players to start uh, getting on teams. Maybe the, maybe the DPC has helped more than we actually realized. Maybe
0: the older guys started playing on a tablet. Yeah. Because they got bored. That's, it was too easy.
1: That's probably a good point there. I haven't seen
0: it be? on the camera shots, but Seb is actually still rocking the tablet out there. He's pretty good. <laughs>
1: He's Hard playing core.
0: Windranger and Monkey King because he can like draw the stuns. They're in a line, you know, all of his spells. <laughs> that's, just, that's all he can do. Um,
2: yeah, you go ahead, Cory. First, I don't know what I'm supposed. Was it your question I'm answering, or his? What did he ask? <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: uh, the youngster
2: thing. Like the, the youngster. Yeah, no, I think it. I think it kind of became a little bit more of a big deal when you notice these young people winning a lot of events and them kind of like uh, outperforming. I don't think personally. I don't think when you get older. I'm saying this as I'm getting older. I, I think it's more about how much hours you are willing to put into put to practice. It's not so much the age gap. For your matters, that's zero. Yes. Is what you've told. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> I'm willing to put none. Uh, but yeah, I think the older you get, you get more responsibilities. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with being old. And my personal philosophy, I think every team Good. needs an old guy uh, or two to guide I'm the sorry. youngsters along the way. So I think there's still a place for the, the old horses in this race. Um, for me, it's something
0: I've thought about a bit as well, because I think part of it is perhaps... First of all, it's the amount, like Gorg's saying, I think the overall effort that players are putting in uh, has gone up. I think if you go back five, six, seven years, I think pro players were probably... First of all, they might have been playing the same amount, but they probably weren't using their time as effectively. Like, having a right balance between playing the game, analyzing, watching replays, this kind of stuff, uh, I think the approach has become more serious over time, and the young players have the motivation to do it more so, to an extent at least, than older players. I also think Dota in general for me, has become less about, like, the old knowledge of counter matchups. I think it's kind of in line with what Jarex is saying, that the teams, it's more like defined how you play. So I don't think, like, that edge of having a super experienced drafter that has played since Dota 1, that advantage in draft feels less and less impactful for me over the years as a viewer, uh, compared to... A few, even just a few years ago, where you would see like these amazing outdrafts that were based on history, right? Like someone just remembered, oh, back in 2013, this is how we used to counter this hero when it became a problem. Nowadays, it's more defined. So the young players, you know, they're very quick on their buttons. They know exactly, they play the matchup so much every day in their core roles that um, a lot of it is just, you know, familiar to them. Um, I guess also the gap between pubs and pro level play uh, has maybe narrowed down a little bit as well. So, that the experience you get when you play on a day to day basis in pub games will, the transition is less difficult. So, if you're just highly individually skilled, a lot of the knowledge and experience you get from pubs can actually translate now. Um, That's how it feels to me. I don't know if you would agree.
3: Uh, I agree. Uh... (laughs) Sorry. This is usually what I do. (laughs) Think what comes to my mind for about this topic is uh a lot of the older people have the knowledge uh the thing is the old people i would say they have put a lot of emphasis on like really understanding the game and i think the gameplay part starts to have less of an imp- like they put less of their time into the actual gameplay and then the uh they they put more focus on the knowledge so i think the natu- natural Uh, Direction they usually do is like they keep pick on fives because it's a position where you can actually apply the knowledge better And you can get the people to do what you think is the great thing to do But you're really just trying to unite the people or you become a coach where you basically Just share your knowledge and try to get everybody to do the same thing Uh, very similar is to the plus five Uh, the thing with the younger people is their emphasis and their time is always put on the gameplay and the only real thing is they just hope that somebody really brings them all together and they like find the correct people to, for them to work with. Like, I feel like we had this in OG, for example, where I feel like Topias and Anna had something like unexplainably, s- unexplainable synergy in the way that they never really had to talk about the game, but they just like seem to have a synergy naturally in the game and uh, it just like clicks and there's no need to talk you know there's no need for older guy other than to choose them in the same team and it just naturally works and uh, i feel like younger people really just need to find the correct people they want to work with and some one old boomer that's that's like trying to draft and trying to focus put their time there and i think that's like that seems to be what's happening right now that seems to be the key to like succeeding i'm not sure if that's true but that's my that's that's my
2: take on it my personal take on this is uh well as far as i see this is also why i rate seb as the most valuable player right now it's not so much about the knowledge you gain with the years of drafting it's also the mental game you can bring to a players and share like uh, if you have a 17 year old like bzm or amar feeling down in a minimal tournament, then you got Seb there to lift them up. You know, a little Seb spe- speech backstage is going to bring anyone's spirits up. So I think that aspect is probably, for me at least, I think it's very important also to have in a team. Uh, more than just the donor kno- knowledge. Okay, one I more? Th- I think, yeah, uh, we have the final one over there, right?
1: Yep, final one! Uh, this better be I good, you had a lot of one time more, to think. unless it's really <laughs> long. That's... Two more then? Not. Okay. Hey, I'm um, a big fan of the podcast. I think uh, you, Sundar and Sundarfan, are probably two, the two funniest people I've never met. Oh, um, <laughs> you need to go out more. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm also a big fan of uh, your stream and uh, come back to OG jerks. <laughs> anyway, uh, my question is um, to each of you, all four, who is your favorite pro player of all time and it cannot be yourself? I was going to pick myself for Counter-Strike, so that's a good <laughs> thing you said that. <laughs> Best favorite pro player of all time. Dota. In Dota, yes. Do you guys have quick answers? I have to think. I have to think as well. That's kind of
0: a Oh, uh, it I,
2: I answered before, I think, Seb. Uh, just simply to... He opened my eyes what more there is to Dota than just playing the game. I think there's so much more to it mentally and stuff, so yeah.
0: Come on, Shannon. Buy us some time here. Uh,
1: my old answer, which I don't know if has changed, is no tail actually. But even though you said just Dota, it, it's because of Han actually. Uh, just witnessing like his dominance on multiple positions in multiple games now is just incredible. Like he's now a coach, obviously, but uh, like the old Poliwag Priest mid, which is Rasta mid. He used to play position one in both Dota and Han. I think I talked to him. He was on the podcast. I think offlane is maybe the only position he never played. And like the other four, he's played at tier one, like S tier level, which I don't know if you can find somebody like that in Dota. It's just an incredible career overall.
0: It's hard for me not to be biased because it, also, it depends what the perspective is. Is it based on their accomplishments or is it based on their personality? I guess the microphone is gone now, but you can maybe yell it. A mix of both. Oh, perfect! That's the exact one I didn't want. Uh, <laughs> mm,
3: I'm gonna have to go with Jerax. Wait, you chose me? Uh, please explain. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> uh, should I just say Sindarin? Before <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, um, I, I mean, I, I, maybe, I'm biased for sure. Like, uh, no doubt about it. <laughs> 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 Not that biased. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, personally, for my career, actually, like ever launching, I think, uh, uh, Crow, Crow was uh, definitely the, the person that. I would say at the time when I was teaming with him, I maybe didn't understand how impactful he was for my, my career. But uh, I felt that he he was like a father figure for most of us in the team, in Team Liquid, talking about 2015 to sixteen, And I feel like uh, he thought a lot about like, not just the game, but like human interaction and how, how a person should look at life. And I feel like it's really hard to share what he thought me exactly. But uh, I was very focused on the game and I, I think he like raised the bar of like it's not just the game but it's really how you feel and like uh, what do you believe in and then I, I feel like he he learned a lot of, he taught me a lot of lessons about life and I was just an ignor- ignorant uh, player resisting all the feedback and never felt like being criticized and all that and I was probably very toxic, but uh, he he carried on, and uh, I think I years yeah, years after that I've been like looking back to those moments, and uh, he taught me a lot, yeah. And well, he's he has an he has had an incredible career uh, as a player and uh, played all positions I think probably not mid, but at oh least. he played oh. mid Doom Dota one. Dota 1. God damn <laughs> <laughs> Doom mid <laughs> what?
1: Yeah, I don't remember offlane Kuro
3: uh he i think he has stood in for some. okay if that's true then no tails played all positions as well hmm but yeah that competition yeah yes (laughs) mine is better than yours (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i i think he was he's like Artur, I talked to Artur recently, and he—wait, who was it? I can't remember. I can't. I'm not gonna quote on him. Some somebody told me pre, uh, recently that he's like secret, secretively, secretively the most competitive person. People don't realize it. It's like he doesn't necessarily show it, like, like the passion, but he he truly holds. Like, he still is very hungry for behind uh, after all these years, and he's very committed to this game with his life. So, I appreciate that very much about him.
1: Okay, final question that Sindarin has forced upon course, yeah. you. <laughs> um, not that huge, just for anybody who wants to answer, but typically after uh, a tournament, is I'm uh, sorry. Typically after a tournament, um, a lot of the, the more used heroes will get nerfed. Do you have any predictions on what will happen based on what you've seen so far? I think whoever wins the tournament will be nerfed. As we discussed <laughs> with Fly on our podcast, yeah. teams that win the major don't win TI, right?
3: That's why we did so badly this tournament.
1: Yes. <laughs> the long game. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> made sure to get enough DPC points, and then... <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: shit. <laughs> Do you guys have specific predictions?
0: Uh, Well, let me think. So, what are the major outliers here? Actually, let's let you go first. I think you have more of a finger on this.
3: Uh, I mean, Chaos Knight seems to be one of the ultra-broken... You can just first pick it, I feel like teams are now countering it starting to counter it but I don't think there's really a counter that's for sure taking a hit and uh, what comes else comes to my mind I, I think it's mostly these first picky heroes that just enable all the rest of it and they just seem to like you you just do it uh, you have anything coming to your mind right now I, I
2: just I think there's a wraith packed hero. Seems like the strongest. Oh oh thing I've ever oh seen. yeah! I forgot the forgotten hero. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good hero.
0: I guess uh, maybe Pugna is one of the ones that would be up pretty high. Uh, not necessarily because it's a an auto. Like it's not. I don't know how good its win rate is here, but it's definitely. In the right game, done a lot. I think Underlord has an insanely high win rate. He's probably getting nerfed. But again, Underlord's win rate might be tied with running strategies with Wraith Pact. So if Wraith Pact gets nerfed, maybe Underlord doesn't really need it as much. It's Real just quick, like do you guys like storm. the
1: concept of Wraith Pact? No. It, it feels like you can't tell, like as a spectator, you can't tell how good it is. But obviously it is good because every team's building it
3: uh from position five perspective it's like oh i have uh money i'm thinking of all these climbers and four steps and then you're like oh wait a second i uh, there's just no option you just buy rate right back and there's like not, <laughs> no other option so it's uh it's very bad sorry <laughs> Oh, I I agree. What do you
0: think if... Okay, this is a little bit of a sidetrack. Great question. Look how, look how we're just going on with those. Um, what do you think if Wraith Pact, instead of being a totem on the ground that's pulsing out this aura, what if it worked like Shiva's Guard? So you have to have it on a certain hero that can get killed, is at risk, and when you use it, it sends out a wave like the Shiva, which is damage reduction. Do you think that's a better design or is that boring or uninteresting? Yeah, it sounds sounds better. It's my suggestion, so it's really funny, right?
3: Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i have no idea all right that's a perfect Great. way to end the podcast <laughs> Cinderin trying to be funny and no. falls flat on his face not trying to
0: be funny it was a good suggestion say it was good he very is. good i mean it.
1: anything's better than the current all right not. so
0: i i guess just in general i don't know if you think about it it's probably a, a kind of unrewarding mechanic to have damage mitigation as an item like yeah, that right sure. like it, it's It's as close as you can get, probably, to unfun for a lot of players. Because, like, I want to play my hero and deal my damage, and you just feel like you're getting gimped. Same with the Pugna Pugna Ward with damage reduction rate. Uh, It's kind of countering heroes from enjoying themselves. So probably probably might see those uh, damage reduction things changed quite a bit.
1: Okay, I heard a beeping in the background. That means the podcast is over. Uh, First, I want to thank Gork and Jerax for coming on. We appreciate it. Uh also want to thank ESL for allowing us to do this and obviously the fans in attendance this is fucking really cool. I mean we started this podcast a couple years ago. I I was not in a great place and I just did it for fun and it's I mean it's obviously been fun. People have obviously appreciated it on some level and it's helped my <laughs> helped my career come out of the dumpster. So we You're we welcome. really appreciate it. That's true. Uh and we're not ready to announce specifics on this. I haven't even brought this up with Cinder in yet, but he's oh. going to do it. Uh, I think we're probably going to do like some crowdfunded thing at some point, but episode 200, let's do it in Bruges. We Why? have
0: actually talked about this. Oh, that yeah, sounds we good. have? Okay. So, wow, that's a crazy new idea. I've never
1: heard of this. That's Again, right. That's amazing. So at some point, we'll come out with details of that. That's not for another year, though. So we've got another yeah. 50 episodes. Hopefully, we're still alive by then. Uh, okay. <laughs> So, yeah, on a very dark note, thank you everybody <laughs> for watching uh, and listening. We appreciate you. Until next time, Sunspan, Cinderin, Gork, and Jarek signing out.
0: Subscribe.
1: There it is. for listening his